Hello. Welcome back to another episode of Katha with Kunal. In this episode, I would be reading second chapter Happiness is a problem. So let's begin. About 2500 years ago, in the Himalayan foothills of present-day Nepal, there lived in a great palace a king who was going to have a son. For this son, the king had a particularly grand idea. He would make the child's life perfect. The child would never know a moment of suffering. Every need, every desire would be accounted for all the times. The king built high walls around the palace that prevented the prince from knowing the outside world. He spoiled the child, lavishing him with food and gifts, surrounding him with servants who catered to his every whim. And just as planned, the child grew up ignorant of the routine cruelties of human existence. All of the prince's childhood went on like this. But despite the endless luxury and opulence, the prince became kind of a pissed off young man. Soon every existence felt empty and valueless. The problem was that no matter what his father gave him, it never seemed enough. never meant anything so late one night the prince snuck out of palace to see what was beyond its walls he had a servant drive him through the local village and what he saw horrified him for the first time in his life the prince saw human suffering he saw sick people old people homeless people people in pain and even people dying the prince returned to the palace and found himself in a sort of existential crisis not knowing how to process what he had seen he got all emo about everything and complained a lot and as is so typical of a young man the prince ended up blaming his father for the very things his father had tried to do for him It was the riches the prince thought that had made him so miserable that had made life seem so meaningless he decided to run away but the prince was more like his father that he knew he had grand he had grand ideas too he wouldn't just run away he would give up his royalty his family and all of his possessions and li- live in the street sleeping in dirt like an animal there he would starve himself torture himself and beg for scraps of food from stranger for the rest of his life the next night the prince snuck out of the palace again this time never to return for years he lived as a bum a discarded and forgotten remnant of society the dog shed caked to the bottom of social totem pole and as planned the prince suffered grandly he suffered through disease hunger pain loneliness and decay he confronted the brink of death itself often limited to eating a single nut each day a few years went by then a few more and then more nothing happened The prince began to notice that uh, this life of suffering wasn't all that it was cracked up to be. 
It wasn't bringing him the insight he had desired. It wasn't revealing any deeper mystery of the world or its ultimate purpose. In fact, the prince came to know what the rest of us have always kind of known. That suffering totally sucks. And it's not necessarily that meaningful either. As with being rich, there is no value of suffering when it's done without purpose. And soon the prince came to the conclusion that his grand idea, like his father's, was in fact a fucking terrible idea and he should probably go do something else instead. Totally confused, the prince cleaned cleaned himself up and went and found a big tree near a river. He decided that he would sit under that tree and not get up until he came up with another grand idea. As the legend goes, the confused prince sat under that tree for 49 days. We won't dwell into the biological viability of sitting in the same spot for 49 days. But let's just say that in that time the prince came to a number of profound realizations. One of the realizations was this, that life instead itself is a form of suffering. The rich suffer because of their riches, the poor suffer because of their poverty, people without a family suffer because they have no family, people with a family suffer because of their family, people who pursue worldly pleasures suffer because of their worldly pleasures, people who abstain from worldly pleasures suffer from abstention. This isn't to say that all suffering is equal. Some suffering is certainly more painful than other suffering, but we all must suffer nonetheless. Years later, the prince would build his own philosophy and share it with the world, and this would be its first and central tenant. The pain and loss are inevitable, and we should let go of trying to resist them. The prince would later become known to known as the Buddha. And in case you haven't heard of him, he was kind of a big deal. There is a premise that underlies a lot of assumption and beliefs. The premise is that happiness is algorithmatic. That it can be worked for and earned and achieved as if it were getting accepted to law school or building really complicated Lego itself. If I achieve X, then I can be happy. If I look like Y, then I can be happy. If I can be with a person like Z, then I can be happy. This premise, though, is the problem. Happiness is not a soluble equation. Dissatisfaction and unease are inherent parts of human nature. And as we will see, necessary components of creating consistent happiness. The Buddha argued this from a uh, theological and philosophical perspective. I will make the same argument in this chapter, but I will make it from a biological perspective and with pandas. The Misadventures of Disappointment Panda If I could invent a superhero, I would invent one called Disappointment Panda. He would wear a cheesy eye mask and a shirt with a giant capital T on it that was way too small for his big panda belly. 
and his superpower would be to tell people harsh truths about themselves that they needed to hear but didn't want to accept. He would go door to door like a Bible salesman and ring doorbells and say things like, Sure, making a lot of money makes you feel good, but it won't make your kids love you. Or, if you have to ask yourself if you trust your wife, then you probably don't. Or, what you consider friendship is really just your constant attempts to impress people. Then he would tell to a homeowner to have a nice day and saunter on down to the next house. It would be awesome and sick and sad and uplifting and necessary. After all, the greatest truths in life are usually the most unpleasant to hear. Disappointment Panda would be the hero that none of us would want but all of us would need. He would be the uh, proverbial uh, vegetables to our mental diet of junk food. He would make our lives better despite uh, making us feel worse. He would make us stronger by tearing us down. Brighten our future by showing us the darkness. Listening to him would be like watching a movie where the hero dies in the end. You love it, even more despite making you feel horrible because it feels real. So while we are here, allow me to put on my disappointment panda mask and drop another unpleasant truth on you. We suffer for the simple reason that suffering is a biologically useful. It is nature's preferred agent for inspiring change. We have evolved to always live with a certain degree of dissatisfaction and insecurity because it's the mildly dissatisfied and insecure creature that's going to do the most work to innovate and survive. We are weird to become dissatisfied with whatever we have satisfied by only what we do not have. This constant dissatisfaction has kept our species fighting and striving, building and conquering. So no, our own pain and misery aren't a bug of human evolution, they are a feature. Pain, in all of its forms, is our body's most effective means of spurring action. Take something as simple as stubbing your toe. If you're like me, when you stub your toe, you scream in a four-letter words to make Pope Francis cry. You also probably blame some poor inanimate object for your suffering, stupid table you say. Or maybe you even go so far as to question your entire interior design philosophy based on your throbbing foot. What kind of idiot puts a table there anyway? Seriously? But I disgrace. That horrible stub tool induced pain. The one you and I and the Pope hate so much. Exists for an important reason. Physical pain is a product of our nervous system. A feedback mechanism to give us a sense of our own physical proportions. Where we can and cannot move and what we can and cannot touch. When we exceed those uh, limits, our nervous system dully punishes us 
to make sure that we pay attention and never do it again and this pain as much as we hate it is useful pain is what teaches us what to pay attention to when we are young or careless it helps show us what's good for us versus what's bad for us it helps us understand and adhere to our own limitations it teaches us to not fuck around near hot stoves or stick metal objects into electrical sockets therefore it's not always beneficial to avoid pain and seek pleasures since pain can and at times be life or death important to our well-being but pain is not merely physical as anyone who has had to sit through the first star wars prequel can tell you we humans are capable of experiencing acute psychological pain as well in fact research has found that our brains don't register much difference between physical pain and psychological pain so when i tell you that my first girlfriend cheating on me and leaving me felt like having an ice pick slowly inserted into the center of my heart that's because well it hurts so much it might as well have had a ice pick slowly inserted into the center of my heart like physical pain a psychological pain is an is an indication of something out of equilibrium some limitation that has been exceeded and like a physical pain a psychological pain is not necessarily always bad or even undesirable in some cases experiencing emotional or psychological pain can be healthy or necessary just like stubbing our toe uh, t- teaches us to walk into fewer tables the emotional pain of rejection or failure teaches us how to avoid making the same mistakes in the future and this is what's so dangerous about a society that coddles itself more and more from the inevitable discomforts of life we lose the benefits of experiencing healthy doses of pain a loss that disconnects us from the reality of world around us you may salivate at the thought of a problem free life full of everlasting happiness and eternal compassion but back here on earth the problem never ceases seriously problems don't end disappointment panda just dropped by we had margaritas and he told me all about it problems never fucking go away he said they just improve warren buffett's got money problems the drunk hobo down at quick emarts got money problems buffett just got better money problems than the hobo all of life is like this life is essentially an endless series of problems mark the panda told me he sipped his drink and adjusted the little pink umbrella the solution to one problem is merely the creation of next one a moment passed and then i wonder where the fuck the talking panda came from and why we are at it 
Who made these margaritas? Don't hope for a life without problems, the panda said. There is no such thing. Instead, hope for a life full of good problems. And with that, he set his glass down, adjusted his sombrero, and sauntered off his into the sunset. Happiness comes from solving problems. Problems are constant in life. When you solve your health problem by buying a gym membership, you create new problems, like having to get up early to get to the gym on time, sweating like a meth head for 30 minutes on an elliptical, and then getting showered and chained for work so you don't stink up the whole office. When you solve your problems by not spending enough time with your partner by uh, designating Wednesday night or date night, you generate new problems, such as figuring out what to do every Wednesday that you both won't hate, making sure you have enough money for nice dinners, rediscovering the chemistry and spark you to feel you have lost, and unraveling the logistics of fucking into a small bathtub filled with too many bubbles. Problems never stop. They merely get exchanged and or upgraded. Happiness comes from solving problems. The keyword here is solving. If you are avoiding your problems or feel like you don't have any problems, then you are going to make yourself miserable. If you feel like you have problems that you can't solve, you will likewise make yourself miserable. The secret sauce in the solving of the problems not in not having problems in the first place. To be happy, we need something to solve. Happiness is therefore a form of action. It's an activity, not something that is passively bestowed upon us or you, not something that uh, you uh, magically discover in a, a top 10 article on the Huffington Post or from any specific guru or a teacher. It doesn't magically appear when you finally make enough money to add on that extra room to the house. You don't find it waiting for you in a place, an ideal, a job or even a book for that matter. Happiness is a constant work in progress because solving problems is a constant work in progress. The solution to today's problems will lay the foundation for tomorrow's problems and so on. True happiness occurs only when you find the problems you enjoy having and enjoy solving. Sometimes those problems are simple. Eating good food, traveling to some new place, winning at the new video game or you just bought. Other times those problems are abstract and complicated like fixing your relationship with your mother, finding a career you can feel good about, developing better friendships. Whatever your problems are, the concept is the same. Solve problems, be happy. Unfortunately for many people, life doesn't feel that simple. That's because they fucked things up in the last one or two years. Denial Some people deny that their problems exist in the first place. And because they deny reality, 
they must constantly delude or distract themselves from reality this may make them feel good good in the short term but it leads to a life of insecurity neuroticism and emotional repression victim mentality some choose to believe that there is nothing they can do to solve their problems even when they in fact could victims seek to blame others for their problems or blame outside circumstances this may make them feel better in the short term but it leads to a life of anger helplessness and despair people deny and blame others for their problems for the simple reason that it's easy and feels good while solving problems is hard and often feels bad forms of blame and denial gives us a quick high they are a way to temporarily escape our problems and that escape can provide us a quick rush that makes us feel better highs come in many forms whether it's a substance like alcohol the moral righteousness that comes from the blaming others or the thrill of some new risky adventure highs are highs are shallow and unproductive ways of to go about one's life much of the self help world 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 is predictable on peddling highs to people rather than solving legitimate problems many self help gurus teach you new forms of denial and pump up, pump you up with exercises that feel good in the short term while ignoring the un- underlying issue remember nobody who in act- who is actually happy has to stand in front of a mirror and tell himself that he is happy highs also generate addiction the more you rely on them to feel better about your underlying problems the more you will seek them out in this sense almost anything can become addictive depending on the motivation behind using it we all have our chosen methods to numb the pain of our problems much as the pain of touching a hot stove teaches you not to touch it again the sadness of being alone teaches you to not do the things that made you feel so alone again emotions are simply biological signals uh, designed to nudge you in the direction of beneficial change look i don't mean to make light of your midlife crisis or the fact that your drunk dad stole your bike when you were 8 years old and you still haven't gotten over it but when it comes down to it if you feel crappy it's because your brain is telling you that there's a problem there's unaddressed or unresolved in other words negative emotions are a call to action when you feel them it's because you are supposed to do something positive emotions on the other hand are rewards for taking the proper action when you feel them life seems simple and there is nothing else to do but enjoy it then like everything else the positive emotions go away because more problems inevitably emerge emotions are part of the equation of our lives but not the entire equation just because something feels good doesn't mean it is good
just because something feels bad it doesn't mean it is bad emotions are merely signposts suggestions that our our neuro- neurobiology gives us not com- not commandments therefore we shouldn't always trust our own emotions in fact i believe we should make a habit of questioning them many people are taught to repress their emotions for various personal social or cultural reasons particularly negative emotions sadly to deny one's negative emotions is to deny many of the feedback mechanism that help a person solve problems as a result many of these repressed individuals struggle to deal with problems throughout their lives and if they can't solve problems then they can't be happy remember pain serves a purpose but then there are those people who over identify with with their emotions everything is justified for no other reason than they felt it oh i broke your windshield but i was really mad i couldn't help it or i dropped out of school and moved to alaska just because it felt right decision making based on emotional intuition without the aid of reason to keep it in the line pretty much always sucks you know who uh, bases their entire lives on their emotions three year old kids and dogs you know what else three year olds and dogs do shit on the carpet an obsession and overinvestment in emotions fails us for the simple reason that emotions never last whatever makes us happy today will no longer makes us happy tomorrow because our biology always needs something more a fixation on happiness inevitably amounts to a never ending pursuit of something else a new house a new relationship another child another pay raise and despite all of our sweet and strain we end up feeling or eerily similar to how we started which is inadequate psychologists sometimes refer to this concept as the hedonic treadmill the idea that we are always working hard to change our life situation but we actually never feel very different this is why our problems are recursive and unavoidable the person you marry is the person you fight with the house you buy is the house you repair the dream job you take is the job you stress over everything comes with an inherent sacrifice what whatever makes us feel good will also inevitably makes us feel bad what we gain is also what we lose what we what creates our positive experiences will define our negative experiences this is a difficult pill to swallow we like the idea that uh, there's some form of ultimate happiness that can be attained we like the idea that we can alleviate all of our suffering uh, permanently we like the idea that we can feel uh, we can feel fulfilled and satisfied with our own lives forever but we cannot choose your struggle if i ask you what do you want out of life and you say something like i want to be happy and i have a great family and a job i like 
your response is so common and expected that it doesn't really mean anything everybody enjoys what feels good everybody wants to live a care free carefree happy and easy life to fall in love and have amazing sex and relationships to look perfect and make money and be popular and well respected and admired and a total baller to the point that people part like the red sea when they walk into the room everybody wants that it's easy to want that a more interesting question a question that most people never consider is what pain do you want in your life what are you willing what are you willing to struggle for because that seems to be a greater greater de- determinant of how our lives turn out for example most people want to get the corner office and make a bloated amount of money but n- not many people want to suffer uh, through 60 hours work weeks long commutes obnoxious paperwork and arbitrary corporate hierarchies to escape the confines of an infinite cubicle hell most people want to have great sex and an awesome relationship but not everyone is willing to go through the uh, tough conversations the awkward silences the hurt feelings and the emotional psychodrama to go there to get there and so they settle they settle and wonder what if for years and years until the question morphs from what if into what else and when the lawyers go home and the alimony check is in the mail they say what for if not for their lowered standards and expectations 20 years prior then what for because happiness requires struggle it grows from problems joy doesn't just sprout out of the ground like daisies and rainbows real serious lifelong fulfillment and meaning have to be earned through the choosing and managing of our struggles whether you suffer from anxiety or loneliness or obsessive compulsive disorder or a dickhead boss who ruins half of your walking working hours every day the solution lies in the acceptance and active engagement of the negative experience not the avoidance of it not the salvation from it people want an amazing physique but you don't end up with one unless you legitimately appreciate the pain and physical stress that come with li- living inside a gym for hour upon hour unless you love calculating and calibrating the food you e- eat planning your life out in a tiny plate size portions People want to start their own business but you don't end up a successful entrepreneur unless you find a way to appreciate the risk the uncertainty the repeated failures the insane hours devoted to something that may earn absolutely nothing people want a partner a spouse but you don't end up attracting someone amazing without appreciating the emotional turbulence that comes with the weathering rejections building the sexual tension that never gets released and s- staring blankly at a phone that never rings is part of the game of love you can't win it if you don't play 
what determines your success isn't what do you want to enjoy the relevant question is what pain do you want to sustain the path to happiness is a path of full of shit heaps and shame you have to choose something you can't have a pain free life it can't be all roses and unicorns all the time pleasure is the easy question and pretty much all of us have a similar answer the more interesting question is the pain what is the pain that you want to sustain that's the hard question that matters the question that will actually get you somewhere is the question that can change a perspective a life it's what makes me me and you you it's what defines us and separates us and ultimately brings us together for most of my adolescence and young adulthood i fantasized about being a musician a rock star in particular any badass guitar song i heard i would always close my eyes and envision myself up on stage playing it to the screams of the crowd people absolutely losing their minds to my sweet finger uh, nodding glory this fantasy could keep me occupied for hours on end for me it was never a question of if i would ever be up playing in front of screaming crowds but when i had it all planned out i was simply uh, bidding my time before i could invest the proper amount of energy and effort into getting out there and making my mark first i needed to fin- finish school then i needed to make some extra money to buy gear then i needed to find enough free time to practice then i had to network and plan my first project then and then and then and then and then nothing so despite my fantasizing about this for over half of my life the reality never came to fruition and it took me a long time and a lot of struggle to finally figure out why i don't actually want it i was in love with the result the image of me on a stage people cheering me rocking out pouring my heart into what i was playing but i wasn't in love with the process and because of that i failed at it repeatedly hell i didn't even try hard enough to fail at it i hardly tried it at all the daily uh, drudgery of practicing the logistics of finding a group and rehearsing the pain of finding gigs and actually uh, getting people to show up and give a shit the broken strings the blown tube amp hauling 40 pounds of gear to and from rehearsals with no car it's a mount of dream and a mile high climb to the top and what it took me a long time to discover is that i didn't like to climb much i just like to imagine the summit the common cultural narrative would tell me that i somehow failed myself that i am a quitter or a loser that i just didn't have it that i gave up on my dream and that maybe i let myself succumb to the pressure of society but the truth is far less interesting than any of these ex- explanations the truth is 
I thought I wanted something but it turns out I didn't end of story I wanted the reward and not the struggle I wanted the result and not the process I was in love with not the fight but the victory in fact only the victory and life doesn't work that way who you are is defined by what you are willing to struggle for people who enjoy the struggles of a gym are the ones who run uh, triathlons and have chisel abs and can be uh, uh, bench press a small house people who enjoy long work weeks and politics of the corporate leader are the ones who fly to the top of it people who enjoy the stresses and uncertainties of the starving artist lifestyle ultimately the ones who live it and make it this is not about will power or grit this is not another uh, abnormation of no pain no gain this is the most simple and basic component of life our struggles determine our successes our problems birth our happiness along with slightly better slightly upgraded problems see it's a never ending upward spiral and if you think at any point you are allowed to stop climbing i'm afraid you are missing, missing the point because the joy is in the climb itself so with this we have finished our second chapter i'm very happy that it was very nice reading in our next episode there would be a guest who would be joining me to discuss about this chapter about the book about their life so don't forget to tune into my next episode as well i'm looking forward to uh, recording with him so yes and also you can find me with my username keeping up with kunal on instagram and facebook i would love if you can say hi there ha- say hi to me there okay till then take care and keep listening